Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's FinTech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of FinTech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins raise awareness of the challenges and walk the walk for change across the entire industry. I'm really excited because today I have Sophie Thien. She's here to join us because she's an experienced HR and talent leader in fintech startups. She frequently appears at conferences and in the international media talking on issues from fintech and innovation to women in business. And she's a passionate advocate for mental well-being, having been identified as one of the Women in Innovate Finance, Women in Fintech Power List. So congratulations for that, Sophie. Thank you, thank you. Um, you also run a mental health startup community, and today you're here to share your story. So, Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. It's great to have you here. Why don't you open up by just telling the audience a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so as you have already introduced me, um, I've been in um, HR and talent for a while now, for um, for about 10 years now. And in the last five years, I've pretty much focused my energy, um, all my time and effort in fintech startups. And um, I do, so basically what I do on a day-to-day basis is to think about innovative ideas Um, to look after the people in the company. That's essentially what my overall role is because I feel like, you know, you can have different titles in in your job, but what's really important is what my um, day-to-day impact is, and that is to the people of the company. Yeah, yeah. That's really nice to make that succinct because I think whatever anybody's job title is, it needs to be it needs to be really clear in that person's mind on mm-hmm. what their purpose is every day. Yep. Um, so that's that's a good message for people listening. Like, what actually is it that I'm I'm here to do, and mm-hmm. am I achieving mm-hmm. that? Um, now, female empowerment is really important to you, um, and you've been on quite a journey with that. So it'd be good to hear about that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So um, from my point of view, empowerment alone is a very powerful word, and a lot of times I'm able to you know come across or even past hurdles of challenges all throughout my life because there were people around me who empowered me to either, one, make the right decisions um, in my life, or if not, give me the energy to actually go past them. So to me, it's exceptionally important. It all starts from like even being at a very young age. My dad is an absolute feminist. So he's he's one of those people that basically says, you can do whatever you want. Um, If you put your head into it, you are going to, you know, get what you want out of it. Yeah. And so at a very young age, I've always wanted to be an engineer. And um, what I did then was I went into university and graduated with an engineering degree. Um, and then I did a graduate program um, for about six months before deciding that I wanted to do recruitment and wanted to do something that's a little bit more people related mm-hmm. rather than machinery related. Yeah. So I guess coming back from that, Um, Why I say it's really important is because it was only until I grew up and I went past uni that I realized there were never enough um, role models around me. And also because being being in a heavily male dominated environment like engineering, I never felt like empowerment was something that I could have taken for granted because I was growing up in in a household where I was told, right? 
um, that I could do anything. Mm. But then when I grew up, I went to uni. I realized that if I didn't have anyone else around me in the workplace that empowered me, it it, it almost felt impossible to succeed in your dreams and and to you know think about a promotion. Let alone you know women struggle with thinking about negotiation for their pay. Right, and so at that at that young age, I just felt it was almost impossible. So, again, to me, it's super important because without these people around me that has actually told me or tapped me on the shoulder and say, "You're you're doing a great job," and I think you can push yourself a little bit harder because、um, you are going to get there one day. And I think without that, I probably wouldn't be sitting in front of you today, and、mm. you know, let alone like run support、um, communities and just doing what I love on a daily basis.、Mm. And you make such an impact.、Um, I know you were you were voted into the Innovate Finance Women in FinTech Powerless this year, but the year before you were the standout, one of the standout thirty five. So、um, there's such an impact that you make from that philosophy that you have about making sure that people do feel that support that,、mm. that you got、mm. from a young age. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think because in my parents' days.、Um, They didn't have that kind of privilege, and so I believe it's because of that my parents were able to give that to the kids. And right now, I feel you know, at a very young age already, we we can find our voice, and it makes so much more sense for us to already start giving back to the community. So a lot of times,、um, actually, this all started quite naturally.、Um, I was at a couple of conferences, and then there were a couple. I would I would I would talk about like a specific topic、um, that I hold really close to my heart. And then there would be a couple of people who will reach out. Do you mind if I keep in touch with you for some advice? I'm just starting out my journey and so、mm. forth. And then it just sort of grew organically. Where nowadays I spend almost thirty percent of my week just giving back. And I feel, and I feel that it's not just that whole satisfaction of、um, teaching other people and educating. I think I've come to a stage where now it feels like I'm also learning from them. And it's just a win-win situation.、Yeah. I just wish more people would do that, and I、yeah. just wish I had that, you know, when I was starting out my career. Yeah, I do. I do love the whether you call it official mentoring or, or unofficial mentoring. I love being able to talk to somebody from a completely different、um, background or, or, or part of their journey,、mm-hmm. um, because you're so right. You get back what you put in. Um, and it's it's really it's a great great story that you're telling us that again this is a, an example of someone who has been shaped by by something very young in their in their childhood and now you've actually built a career on it because it's something you're so passionate about and you want yeah, to give back. It kind of feels is, like it's in my blood now. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And you, I think you hear that a lot with with founders and CEOs of fintech companies where they're they're dealing with a problem and、mm. they're solving that problem and that problem is so. Deep rooted into their DNA now that they do such a good job with it, and again, I'm hearing it in what in what you do day in day out. So it's no wonder you've been recognised in the industry for this.、Um, now, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, we spoke quite a bit about it before、mm. we came、uh, came on air.、Um, what do you actually think is the future of the debate?、Um, I think right now a lot of companies, especially in the fintech industry, I'm sure you're aware, like a lot of、um, companies are already making like huge progress. We are.、Um, I'm not. I'm pretty sure the debate is still the same as the numbers hasn't changed in the last fifty years.、Yeah. Um, that I can agree on. But I think the reality is because while we're focusing on bridging the gap right now to make sure that there's gender equality, we are not focusing enough on bridging the future generation. So, so one of the things that I 
personally am passionate about and I do help the companies um, sort of go into that area is to bridge that future generation. And that meant that we're giving back, we're going and educate, just like you, Nadia, you're educating the um, university students. Mm. I work with Founders for School to sort of bridge that gap and help the 13 to 15 year old understand that there's no such thing as a stigma going into the financial industry. It's no longer just working in a bank for the sake of working in a bank. Mm. Um, and I think if we put a lot more effort in, in focusing on the younger generation, eventually we're going to make up to that numbers that we are we are yeah. hoping for because it's easy to say you know right now we, we want to throw a lot of training at um at women who are starting off their career or people who are changing um changing their career path and tell them in about 18 months you can now be a software developer <laughs> yeah. the reality is it's not about bringing more people more women into just coding it's actually getting the best out of women when they come into the industry by by totally being, agree, yeah. by being a lot more creative, being able to you know like especially when um, the company I'm now in um, we do micro lending and so I always feel like the product is always going to be a lot more successful if we can actually connect closer with that social economic um, background. So. Obviously, you know, if we're not reaching out to the right um, people to bring into our companies, how are we able to reach out to the right people for our customers? Mm. So I just feel like it's going to be a win-win situation and if I love we do this that. About fintech at the minute, mm -hmm. where, where you have companies like yours, micro lending. So why are we not going out to people that would want to be doing that? We have to go to that part of society, which is hugely varied. Mm -hmm. People will, will lend for different reasons or need the, need the borrowing for different reasons, for different purposes, whatever their situation may be. And to get that snapshot of society into the, Absolutely. Into the company, that's, that, that to me is why I get very excited about talking to the next Imagine generation. It's their, yeah, absolutely. Imagine mm. if the, it's their day-to-day -day life already. This is what happens in their yeah. household. And now they're working on a product that is going to help their day-to-day -day life yeah. better. Yeah, I think that's great because then that, that person, as we said before, that purpose, mm -hmm. the person has their purpose and therefore they're going to strive that harder at work, um, which I think is great. Um, yeah, this is what I get really excited about, <laughs> so I'm really glad that you've mentioned all those things. Um, now, what about your personal mission with regards to mental health? Because I know you're really, really passionate about this and I definitely want to call more people to action to support you in your cause. So. Um, so, so this is very personal um, for me. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, I actually lost a friend um, due to mental health issues. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. Um, I mean, because of that, I think since, since coming out from it, obviously it's difficult and um, it's always going to be at the back of my head when I do something like this and when I talk about it. But it also woke me up in the sense that we talk about awareness a lot, but we're actually not doing enough. So. This is almost like mental health is almost like a topic um, when we started talking about DNI five years ago. Yeah. It was very important. There was a lot of campaign, but then it was all talk, no show. Um, and then now a lot of companies are, are doing that. It's the same with mental health. So I'm very hopeful that we are in the right we are on the right journey. Um, it's very it's looking very positive, but there are still a lot of people who are um, who sees it as a stigma. They still don't want to reach out to people because I mean, think about it. When you talk about it um, in, in, in a workplace, it might or might not affect your performance, the way people judge you or the way people perceive you and how you're doing um, your, your role. So it's not that easy for people to actually come forward and say, hey, I am struggling. Or if not, 
I'm struggling because I've lost a friend. I didn't have that opportunity back then. When I when when I lost my friend, I I felt like the only person I can the only people I can talk to was my family, and um, it was it was something that it's not that I felt embarrassed about it. I just worried how people will think about me if I am being too emotional, for instance. And so what I'm doing right now um, is I've got a group of people that we share our stories, our experience. Mostly then um, through then, I realize most of uh, or the most common conversations and discussions we have, especially in the fintech space, is burnout. And so that technically is a mental health issue. So mm -hmm. it's not it's not that you have to go through an extreme tra trauma to be involved or get involved in this um, in this um, um, area. A lot of people, like nine out of ten people that I speak to, go through burnout at any point in their career. Mm. So why aren't people talking about it enough? Mm. So then it just sort of felt like. It became my personal mission because you know what it's like when you're excited about something and then you meet someone else that actually shares the same passion and then it just sort of rippled. And then there's a lot more people that sort of go, oh, you guys are having you know wine and dine um, to talk about this. Can I join as well? So then our group just started growing bigger. Amazing. So I'm hoping I'm hoping um, eventually we'll, we'll make it quite official so that we can put some frameworks and put support framework, which is exactly what I do in in my role as well. So in the company I'm in right now, yesterday, we just officially launched um, a mental health support group because we have a, we have a bank of um, um, we have a bank of um, close to about 50 customer service um, agents. And as you can imagine, it's extremely difficult for them when, you know, when they have hostile um, um, feedback or, you know, people are not so happy because we are all dealing with money, right? So you can imagine that the stress is quite course, enormous. Yeah. And so these, um, this mental health support group, basically um, what we're doing is we're doing sort of like a lunch session where we get some snacks, we get some food, but people should feel safe and we set ground rules. The most important thing when you're running a group like that is to set ground rules where people feel safe to talk about the things. You're not here to be judged. And it's just that kind of um, boundaries that you set to make people feel a lot more comfortable and confident to talk about their issues. And confidentiality as absolutely. well. Absolutely. That's not going to be the, the gossip of somebody else's Absolutely, pain absolutely. So we officially launched it yesterday. Um, oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank That's you. Fantastic. We're very, very excited about it. And we're also planning to um, get a few more um, industry speakers so that it's not just them sharing experiences, although it's really good to see um, them supporting each other when they raise um, issues, but it would also be um, good if they get some sort of like industry experts. Yeah, yeah. For advice. Yeah, and, and people who can talk about their, their own experience. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it, it is about sharing, I think. So um, there's a lady called Sonia Barlow who mm -hmm. founded Like-Minded Females, so yep. it's a, a DNI consultancy, and she's done a lot of work around burnout. Um, and sort of identifying the triggers, mm -mm. Um, so, which really rings rings true to my heart because I'm all about prevention rather than cure. Correct, correct. Know? And um, mm. and I think that like identifying triggers is is such a big thing. But but also having a group like what you launched yesterday, it's it's, it's also so important. yeah, it's also important because I felt that um, one of the one of the key things I really learned from my personal experience is that we weren't able to recognize the signs. And that tells you how important awareness is because again, it goes back to not only having to go through a, tra a traumatic experience to then learn from it, but also if same thing as what you were saying, if you recognize the, um, the signs, 
and your colleague sitting right next to you is actually showing symptoms like that, how easy it is for you to tell him to reach out, tell him or her to reach out for help. If not, maybe you can take them out for a coffee and sort of have a chat about it, right? The worst thing that could happen is not the cure, is that you're not aware that it's happening. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's, that's a really good takeaway for people people listening to this and thinking, how can I support my team better? Because your theme running through this whole podcast is about making sure that people feel supported and safe mm, and mm. confident. Um, and those are, those are essentially your, your main things for your ground rules of, of the mental health support group that you set up. And um, I, I massively support that because I think it's very easy and in, in all the change we're seeing in fintech, it's really easy just to look at how fast it's growing and attracting more people to the industry. But we've got a responsibility to the people that we are attracting Absolutely. to the industry to make Absolutely. sure they're looked after yeah. and they're happy and that they're going to produce great things within their career because they're they're looked yeah. after and supported. Yeah, and I think you and I can both agree that looking after people is way harder than attracting <laughs> the right people. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. The after the attraction, it's it's all about the. the you don't wash your hands clean, and you're yeah, like, you never I don't can. have to worry about it. Yeah, anymore. you never now, can. For it's the next four there. years, you have to worry about them yeah, daily. Absolutely. Um, but I think you you've left us with some great learns here. Setting ground rules whenever whenever you're having um, a framework or a support group, um, making sure that you're looking out for the people that you work with, uh, making sure that you are producing a supportive environment and following up on the, the promises that you that you said right at the start. It is about people and how they're feeling to produce the best, but also reflecting society and what people are passionate about in their day-to-day -day life and uh, what you're doing at your micro-lending company. So there's loads and loads of takeaways here. Um, I really appreciate your honesty throughout the whole of the podcast. For my last question, what is next on the horizon for you? Um, so, so the next thing is um, one, obviously, um, professionally, I am in a role, so there is a lot that I need to do to sort yeah. of, um, you know, um, create you know high high performing culture. That's 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 my bread and butter. I love doing that on a daily basis, um, and just creating a better employer branding. Um, other than that, professional side, I. I feel like this is the year for me to focus really on making the support group a lot more successful. Mm. What else can I bring in? Who are the partners I can bring in to make sure that we're all sharing the learnings and it's not just, it's great to say that we all wine and dine together regularly to share experiences, but I think we could all do better, each and every one of us in the group itself to mm -hmm. sort of spread um, the awareness because we do feel like um, there's more we can do. So personally, that would be my agenda. Yeah. Um, but also um, this year is for me to look after myself a little bit more because um, obviously, you know, I need to make sure that I'm also, I'm also, you know, looking after myself. Last year, there was a, about six to seven months where I was constantly traveling, where I kind of felt like I was almost on the verge of going back to burnout, but not on the working thing, but it's more of I have no sense of, what time zone I was in and so therefore I would probably be working longer than my body was able to accommodate and so like this year is about taking that step learning and taking care of myself again and then look at taking care of other people yeah yeah I, I absolutely love that like let's look after ourselves more so that we can take care yeah. of others that's yeah. a, a really nice <laughs> way to end the podcast so everyone that's listened thank you thank you very much for tuning in 
I would say definitely get in touch with Sophie Thien if you're interested in hearing hearing more about mental health and how you can join the startup community. But also, um, if you yourself want to have support frameworks or groups in place, I know that she'd be really, really happy to share. Absolutely. Super happy to help out. Like yeah. anybody can reach out to yeah, me. I've great. got some materials that I can share or if not, like just people to introduce. Like yeah. we all need to do that together. Perfect. Perfect. So let's let's stick together to be stronger. Thank you very much for tuning in. Sophie, you've been brilliant. Thank you Thank very much you. for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me.